Good day, ladies and gentlemen. I hope that wherever you are on this planet that you are doing phenomenal. And I am sending you all of my prayers, good vibes, intentions, uh, your way to you, your family, your friends, wishing you all the best. Uh, what a privilege and honor to be with you again. We've got an absolutely phenomenal episode of the show for you today. We have Rasuli back on and we are talking about art and Sufi wisdom. We talk about uh, Sufism, uh, being a student of Rumi, the concept of chaos, how we can actually learn to live in the moment, how we can bring our dream into reality, the enemy of comparison, why reality is chaos, letting life guide us, why wisdom is different than knowledge, and so much more. The first step of getting out of fear, this is just a fraction of the show notes. So I know you're going to love this episode, and if you do, uh, please share this far and wide. I just got hit with another big censorship uh, thing where all the numbers went down on every platform. So if you can share it, do a blog, do anything to get it out on any social media platform, that would be greatly appreciated. You can also leave a review in iTunes, but anything to spread the word of the show would be greatly appreciated. As always, you can do three kind acts wherever you are in the world. That's the best way to support the show. And I'm backing up all the episodes on the membership at mattbelair.com. You can join there uh, for free or buy donation, a dollar, three bucks, five, nine dollars, whatever you could do and not think about it would be greatly appreciated because they have deleted my Patreon. So if you do want to support the show financially in some sort of way to help keep it going, go to mattbelair.com and you can choose a donation when you when you click the membership to help uh, keep this going because it is a pain in the butt when they keep censoring me and deleting my Patreon. So that is greatly appreciated. For those of you guys who really want to get crystal clear on your life purpose, you want to move for from clarity and get into a powerful clear-minded and focused situation you want to go from a job to a vocation and you want to learn how to architect your life deliberately and you know figure out all the tools for self-mastery mindset removing limitations and everything you could really come to think about when it comes to mindset spirituality and even these spiritual tools for manifesting reality um, consider checking out the soul compass course the quantum heart hypnosis or apply for coaching mattbelair.com forward slash coaching there are many ways that i can support you either through programs through one-on-one through prolonged coaching there's something for everyone there and i make it work for everyone so if you're really serious about getting to that next level you want to make 2022 your best year i have some phenomenal support programs and training for you available so just reach out mattbelair.com forward slash coaching and i would love to hear from you so that's it i believe um, i want to thank my sponsor thegoodinside.com forward slash matt m-a-t-t-b and when you use that code they will uh, grant you 50 dollars off a heavy metal detox um, if you've listened to the shows before you know heavy metal is everywhere and so this is a phenomenal product for removing heavy metals so check them out and i appreciate their support and uh, helping this thing going so uh, thank you guys so much for listening to the show i sincerely appreciate you now let's come into a state of peace and coherence before we dive in wherever you are in the world in the world to stop what you're doing Take in a deep breath in through your nose. Hold that breath and let it out slowly, filling every cell, muscle, and fiber of your being with peace, joy, contentment, enthusiasm, inspiration, courage, faith, and get ready to enjoy this absolutely phenomenal episode with Rasuli. Hello and welcome to the Mastermind Body and Spirit Show. I'm your host, Matt Belair. 
As you know, we are overcoming extreme censorship. So if you want to support this show, go to mattbelair.com where all the uh, episodes are backed up and uh, you can do so for free or by donation. Um, consider sharing these episodes far and wide to help spread the word. And most importantly, consider doing three kind acts wherever you are in the world today. Today's guest is a widely exhibited artist, an architect, and an author and artist of over 23 books and oracle cards, including Book of Creativity, which is a guideline for the art of self-creation, and Sufi Wisdom Oracle, which won the title of the best oracle cards in 2020. He is the founder of Fusion Art Movement, which is a fusion of dream and reality. His main focus is to reveal the shortcuts that he has learned and experienced in his journey from creating inspirational arts into living a value-driven life. Welcome back to the show, Rasuli. Thank you, Matt. I enjoy coming to the show anytime. You can invite me anytime, and I'm a part of that. Um, well, I'm so excited to have you back. You know, the first time you were on was with Jester Rocks, and we talked about the wisdom of madness and what you're doing there. So I shortened the bio a little bit, and I'd love for you to share a little bit about your background and who you are with the audience. But I also want to share, too, that you've been on my mind since that episode, and you're kind of like, you know, the modern roomie to me. It's just so, it's so pleasant to hear your voice and your perspective on things, and your, you know, it's just, it was such a beautiful podcast. So I'm so excited to, to dive in. I've been looking forward to this for a while. So for those who are new to who who you are and, and your work. Do you want to explain a little bit about your background? I just mentioned Rumi and you got me into that different zone <laughs> with Rumi. Um, yeah, I, I would consider myself uh, a true student of Rumi. Uh, if if Rumi was alive and I was in his presence, uh, the only difference that I would feel would be the energy. But the rest I can connect with so well. Grew up with Rumi's poetry. See, my uncle was a Sufi. And, uh, and Sufis are, uh, they're not, accepted as a part of Islam. In fact, Muslims don't want to connect with the Sufis because of their, uh, they believe that Sufis don't see God the same way as Muslims see God. And I think that's a very good point that uh, I'd like to mention that. I know you're talking about I say who I am or anything, but you know, my belief is that who you are is not in your biography. Who you are is in what you are right now, at this moment. What I was or what I did, it's all memories that leads into my rational thinking, comparison. But when I'm living in the moment, who cares what happened in my life in the past? Who cares what I've done in the past? You care for seeing what I'm presenting now. So Rumi, I grew up with his poetry. Uh, my nursery rhymes were Rumi verses. 
And my uncle um, was so proud to invite me to go along, sit down with the Sufis and, and uh, share or, or participate in their sharing of Rumi and Hafez, both. So it's, it's interesting that you connect the concept with Rumi because I believe that I'm a student of Rumi. I live following his guidance constantly. And I feel like I have a, an amazing life because my life is right now at this moment as I am talking with you. It's not what happened yesterday or what will happen tomorrow. And this moment right now as I'm talking with you is the most amazing moment of my life. And that's how I paint. I stand in front of the canvas and, and I am delivering a painting for the last time or for the first time in my life. And I'm not thinking about anything else. This moment is what I am. And this moment is what is inside me to express itself. On nafasi ke khodi yar chukhar ayadat. On nafasi ke khodi the moment your conscious beloved feels like thorn, it's always there's a pain with the beloved when you're aware, when you are in your mind. But he says, and when you're not into your rational thinking, then what's the use of the beloved? See, at that moment, when you are not into your rational thinking, you are the lover and the beloved together, which makes you as love. And when you are love, Everything that comes through you is the expression of love because you are love. So you are just like a, like a rose spreading that, that scent of beauty around. So the moment that we live in is all there is. And when you think of Beauty is everywhere. Everywhere I look, I see beauty in everything that exists around me. In what considered ugliness to people, I see beauty in it, in it. I'm not saying that I see the whole thing as beautiful or not. I discover beauty. And when you discover beauty, you become interested in beauty. And when you become interested in beauty and you expand that interest, it becomes lichen beauty. And when lichen expands, becomes loving. And when you love beauty, you are 
a lover and the beloved, then you are loved. <laughs> Rasili, well, I'm immediately drawn back to our last podcast. And I remember when you're talking about, you know, your art and you said, whichever painting you're doing is the greatest painting of your life. And you, you spoke constantly about being in the moment. And, you know, many people can read the words of Rumi, or sometimes you'll get spiritual teachers kind of saying what you're saying about living in the moment and things like that. But it's clear that you are able to live it, which I think is a massive distinction. I'm aware of those concepts. And I remember reading books on Zen, they'd say, stay in the moment. I'm like, okay, stay in the moment. And then two seconds later, I'm in my thinking mind and I'm out of the moment. So I did like some checklists where I'd have to go to the washroom or I'd eat and I'd be like, be present eating. And I could maybe take a, a scoop, you know, so I haven't mastered it, but there's a few, I want to talk about a lot of different things, but um, one of the concepts I've been talking about lately, and you brought it up right away is how we almost, we don't know anything. And I love your perspective on this, where we talked about the memory, right? Who you were in the past and for your bio. Well, first of all, let the audience know you're an absolutely phenomenal artist. Your art is absolutely incredible. So those are things that you have done and they're, they're incredibly magical. And I think you're an amazing teacher as well. Um, but so what I've been kind of saying is like, when we look at the world and all these different challenges and, and information is changing, we don't really know. We live in a mystery, right? You know, when you beloved, I think you're referring to God or the creator or life um, and correct me if I'm wrong. Um, so we're in this mystery and we don't even know the past because that already happened and it can kind of get distorted through memory. So what do we actually know? And I've kind of come to two things. One is that we know what we can do. So if I can make a sandwich, I could probably make another sandwich. If I can fix a, a spare tire, I could probably fix the spare tire again. I'd have an idea of what I could learn. So, but I, I'm not sure. But what I really know is my intention. I know what I'm intending to do. That I can know for certain. The rest is kind of a mystery. And I'd love for you to, to speak on that idea and, and hear your thoughts about it. Sure. Um, first of all, let's look into this whole concept of chaos. See, we are living in the period that we're truly in a chaotic state, politically, economically, socially, everything that you can mention, even our arts are in that total chaotic state where there is so much, there is so much. And how do you pick something from there? See, the idea of living in the moment is fantastic. But yeah, it's easy to say. How do you live in the moment? That is when people like you, like me, come into existence in order to guide people, not just telling them, thou shalt do this. Really show them how to take the first step. What it is, is really people are missing the understanding that you don't need to know the end. You don't need to have a goal. You don't need a goal. What you need is a, a, a faith in yourself that I have the capability to bring my dream into reality. When I'm in front of the canvas, this is the way I paint. 
I have the capability to bring my dream into reality. Now, my students say, how do you do that? Okay, it's a simple thing. How do you dream? You dream when you are not comparing. If you're comparing, you're into thought. Thought and dream have that, that opposition against each other. Thought takes you out of your dream. Dream takes you out of your thought. So when you are thinking, you cannot dream. Because <laughs> you're thinking. So in order for you to reflect your dream, I teach my students, put the canvas in front of you, pick two or three colors, only two or three colors, put them in front of you, and, uh, and now there's a canvas in front in there. Close your eyes, go into a dream. Something, some dream that you can connect with. Let's say you, you have some fantastic dream of the past. First time you were kissed or first time something happened or, you know, there's so many of things that we can, I could just go into the whole idea of the first time that I kicked the ball or anything. And then that becomes a dream. The eyes are closed. So you are in your dream. First time that I made love, you are in the dream of the first time that you made love. Now I want you to imagine a scene and start painting it on the canvas with your eyes closed. I don't want you to open your eyes because if you open your eyes, the painting is done. So paint it with your eyes closed, as long as it takes. Sometimes it takes 10 minutes, sometimes it takes a whole hour, but keep your eyes closed, but paint that. When, you're, when you are not comparing, there is no such thing as perfection. This is the way it is because you're not comparing. So your eyes are closed, so you're painting something which is in your imagination. So you paint that. And then when that picture is perfect, when your eyes are closed, you don't know what you're doing. You're just painting exactly what is the whole thing. Now, when you open your eyes, you cannot paint again. You cannot because when you open your eyes, you're gonna see completely different painting. You see a chaos, you see a mess. You don't see any of those things that were there. So there we go. That's the beginning of the life. And I show them, I, I, I teach my students in painting so they can reflect it into their life. So what do you do is that now you become aware of your condition that your dream and your reality are completely different from each other which is what we experience in life. Our dreams and realities are not quite the same way. So the challenge begins with trying to unite these two together. 
go from your dream to the reality. Reality is a chaos. Dream is what you are, what you want to see, what you want to feel. So you take the first step. Only, only you take the first step. You don't need to do anything else. You don't need to know about anything. You don't need to go anywhere, nothing. Just take the first step. The moment you take the first step, the next step comes automatically to you because you've taken the first step. So don't worry about what your fifth step would be, your sixth step would be, or where you're going to get to. Just take the first step and know, and know that I have the capability to get there. One of my students in, in, uh, in a retreat that I had recently, she put her paintings right all right on, you know, in front of me. She had done, that was like four day retreat. So she had done like five or six paintings. And she was so proud of it. She's done a, she's done a good job and they heard good paintings. She puts it in there and she asks me, she says, uh, um, after she shows me, I did this, I did that, I did that, all of that. And then she looks at me and she says, uh, do you think there is hope for me? And I said, no. <laughs> that was the last thing that she expected. <laughs> she was so proud. Showing these, I hear, you know, the teacher <laughs> who just tells you completely you're wrong. <laughs> so <laughs> she looked at me, and I bet you now there was this anger just coming to her probably for a second, just hearing me saying no. I said, sweetheart, you don't have faith in yourself. You're asking me if there is hope for you, no, there isn't hope for you. There is hope for you only when you know that there is hope for you. And that is when you have that faith. With faith, you can do anything. Take your first step into any direction. Doesn't matter. You don't need to sit down and read and study the map. Uh, one of my collectors who lives in Colorado <laughs> invited me. He said, I'm going to take a vacation for a week and I want to go to the Rocky Mountains. And I thought, what would be the best for me to spend time in Rocky Mountains? I thought maybe I invite you to come with me as my guest and, and it would be a great time that we could have together, the energy and the whole feeling. I said, you know what, I have not been to the Rockies and, and uh, I like the idea. So I said, no, let's arrange it for a certain time that it worked out for both of us. I said, the only condition is I'm not going to come to your family or home or any of that. We're going to go to the Rockies. So we begin to, uh, so he says, all right, I'll take care of everything. 
We set up the whole thing. I'm flying to Denver. And he comes to the airport and picks me up. And he's got this camper that he has rented. And, uh, and it has everything in it. It has, uh, you know, kitchen, little kitchen, <laughs> toilet, <laughs> bed, everything, the whole camper. And so he's driving and I'm sitting next to him and he's telling me how excited he is and goes on and on and on and on and on. Sitting in here, he's still, and says, I studied the whole Rockies. I know everything about them. And I've got the maps of every town, every place. And, uh, and I marked places. There's some beautiful places to stay there. And he keeps on talking and he said, open the dashboard. So I opened the dashboard. There's a folder about this thick plastic cover. And he says, take this out, open it, see all of these maps and the things, everything in detail. And I took it in this. Can you get a little bit closer to the edge of the road? Get the, to the first lane. So he goes to the first lane. And I just open the thing and throw the whole thing out. The whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> he went berserk <laughs> there's no way to, there's no way to turn around we're in the middle of the road <laughs> on the freeway so he just he just he couldn't you know even imagine what happened I said look <laughs> The Rockies are not lost. The Rockies are there. <laughs> if we're trying to find our way, let's surrender to the Rockies. Let the Rockies show us what they have. There's no reason for me to decide what I want to see in the Rockies. Let Rockies guide us. Let's be a part of that whole journey together. That Just like making love. Let your beloved guide you. It's not about me, 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 me. I sit down, draw the map. I do all of these. I mark every now. It's not about that. It's about surrendering to the flow. It's about knowing that I am a part of the beloved too. Rumi says, replace your eyeballs with the beloved and you see through the eyes of the beloved, everything you see is beautiful. Wow. Well, those are two um, phenomenal examples, you know, especially the one with reality. Uh, well, they're both really good, but the reality in, is chaos, you know, just understanding that. And it's such a powerful analogy for our dreams. Like it's, it's a messy, chaotic example where we want to go, but all we can really do is our, our first step. And I remember once being at Burning Man and kind of like at odds with certain um, you know, the point of my life and what I was going to do. And I did this meditation and this process and, 
I just had a very powerful spiritual appearance, uh, uh, epiphany around chaos and just understanding that that's what the whole thing is. Life is chaos. And how do we make peace with that idea? Like that's, that's just what it is. You know, it reminds me of, um, you know, the Buddhism teaching, like life is suffering, but Alan Watts says it's more like frustrating and you get up and, you know, frustrating things happen. It's like that, that's kind of how, um, you know, how it is. And when you talk about your story about going through the Rockies, it's just, it makes me think of the idea of like letting life guide you, you know, being aware and being open and being present. And one of the things that's become uh, really evident uh, lately, as I've been kind of navigating these times is, you know, we look for these teachers, we look for these masters or, or these ways, right? Like that analogy of, uh, your your student saying you know no this this is no good and I actually do that in coaching too which is funny because they stop and it's like it doesn't matter what I think you know it doesn't matter what I think it matters what you think and it matters who you are and who you you know and in your connection with whatever creation or life is and it just became so apparent recently that you have to be the teacher and the savior. Like we look at, I, like I would look at these ideas for people, you know, doing great things in the world and wanting to support that and encourage that. Um, but they're really coming back to the ideas like, well, what am I going to do to create something powerful here? And it's not about what someone else is creating because that's their path. We're all unique in what we're going to do and what we're going to offer and how we're going to experience this place. So that's got to come from me. And that comes from my connection with everything and who I am and being honest with myself. And then, and then also, like you said, being guided by life, not saying, hey, this is the way it is. And this is the map. And I've studied it because life will will move you back and forth. And people who are really kind of disconnected, they might work a regular job and have terrible habits. And then all of a sudden they have a uh, serious illness. And from that illness, they have an awakening or an epiphany of coming back to who they truly are and how they can begin to integrate that more into their lives. And then they begin to do so, uh, or they don't, but usually there'll be a, you know, a big challenge if, if they don't again, right? You'll have, uh, you know, the life, the life-threatening illnesses have a way of making change. And, you know, if we're talking about living in the moment and surrendering and all and understanding that life is chaos, you know, how do you navigate the fear and the uncertainty or, and then, and then beyond that is evil. You know, we're looking at these things and, and people are having more challenging times, losing jobs, experiencing hardships, uh, massive uncertainty with, you know, unemployment and all these different chaotic things going on. Uh, how do you recommend someone who might be experiencing you know, direct fear and direct uncertainty in a, in a very big way? How can they take these concepts and apply them, you know, to their life so they can navigate these times in, uh, in an empowering way? See, wisdom, which is your program, and my program as well in life, is different from knowledge. Wisdom is a combination of what you have learned and how you put it into practice. So a wise person is somebody who has learned and practiced. Wisdom develops from learning and practicing, both of these together. So being in a chaotic state is exactly like everything else that we need to master getting out of it which means that we have to practice. We have to practice getting out of the chaotic state. How do I practice? How do I teach my students to practice? You see, when I'm painting, um, 
after I'm done with painting, a lot of extra paint that is on my palette. And I put that extra paint on the canvas, haphazardously. I just want to get rid of the extra paint instead of putting it in the water or washing it or anything like that. I just landed on the canvas with my brush, with my hand, whatever it is, get rid of that paint. After a while, I have this canvas, which is chaos. It's all these paints that is set on the canvas. And uh, I take that canvas. Now that canvas is chaos. I'm going to practice getting out of that chaotic state. So my practice begins with learning how to do it in painting or in writing or whatever means that you want to practice cooking, taking care of child, whatever it is. So the transformation begins at that point when you are practicing to move from chaotic state to some uh, state of totally in settlement. The first thing to do is to get rid of your thinking about that chaotic state. So you apply a layer of what we call it in painting retarder. It's a medium that you apply on the canvas and it keeps the canvas wet for like half an hour in the winter, one, one hour. I usually have a, a, a humidifier next to my canvas, so it even takes longer for it to dry. So that layer that you put on the canvas is this layer that you put in life in that chaotic state. You could put a layer to smoothen the surface, a layer of a dream smoothens the surface. Then in painting, what I do is, is I begin to play with finding what the painting wants me to do with it. Not my deciding to do that with the painting. As I'm looking at this mess, something among these things suddenly, you know, comes to my eyes. I notice it. And I begin to work around that, eliminate the extras in order to feel that connection with that. Same thing could happen in life. When you are in that, that state of chaos, first you got to smoothen the whole thing, then with, with your dream, then see what is in your life right now that you like it. What is that outstanding? Not what is bothering you. What is outstanding? You know, I have this beautiful son, or I have this beautiful lover, or I have this great job. Whatever it is, I have this car. Something that, that gets you excited, becomes your focus in there. From that focus, now that I have this child, 
this would bring this thing to me. And you begin to expand from that. Now that I have this car, I can do this thing. Now that I have whatever it is, and you begin to expand around that. So that begins to cover the mess which is around it. This I do it with paint. I just apply a layer of paint around what should. I'm not painting anything. I'm eliminating. I'm eliminating the extras. This is what you're going to do in life. Not to go after something. Eliminate what is stopping you from going after something. Get rid of carbon dioxide from your lungs. The oxygen would automatically go there. There's no reason for me to keep on trying to get oxygen into my lung. So this is how we can get rid of practice, getting rid of a chaotic state, getting rid of chaos. I do it in painting and writing. I teach my students the same way, to do it that way. So your life becomes smooth that way. So you take that steps. You take the first step. Finding what connects with your dream is your first step. What is in your life right now that feels good. Yeah, I know, it's a big crisis in your life. Everything is, is, is terrible. I know all of these, but there's gonna be something good. You're breathing, you're alive. That by itself is something. Start. Hey, the, the, uh, the, the concepts, there's so many ways for us to learn how to connect with the beauty that exists in our life instead of thinking of all these pains and negatives that are there. That is the beginning of our taking the first step toward getting rid of chaos in your life. There's something positive in your life. Go into that and begin to expand it from there. Expand it. And suddenly a beautiful painting comes out of my canvas with just expansion of that focal point that was outstanding in the chaotic life that I'm living in. <laughs> well, I, I love that. And for me, when I'm listening to you, what it what it seems to be is is your mastery of art that transfers into life and how you experience it and so when you talk about these practices it doesn't need to be art i think that if you if you try to master anything you're going to learn all these things and so it's the understanding that life is chaotic but what's the practice you have to be able to navigate that so for me it's martial arts and skateboarding and extreme sports where i can do these practices that will transfer into life and help me go you know for my dreams and pursue who i am and what's most important to me and let go of all of those things that are holding me back. And when someone's a little bit more, 
lost or they haven't considered these things they're more into the artificial realm of just you know participating in a world that's connected to them i kind of say it's like creating life by default they're not making any real choices they're not they're not using their free will and their spirit and their connection with life and so there's a few things i want i want to touch on so i'll throw a few at you and, and see what you um want to share but one of them is fear because i think fear is the biggest thing that holds people back you know this from being a, an artist and and being a creative that so many people who want to follow their dreams, if they're important to them, whether it's writing or art or whatever, they're so scared of what people think. That's one side of things. And then the other side of things is the chaos in the world. People are afraid of being able to provide for their family of all these negative circumstances that, that might happen of death of all these things. So how do you uh, help people navigate fear? And I'm curious about, free will your thoughts on free will and then connecting to the creator so there's so many things i want to ask you i'm gonna throw like big ones at you so you know fear is important but also the creator and like living in that right and and then also kind of i just want you to touch on all this because it makes me feel better but like you know when there's real danger how we can kind of process it and navigate it because it, it for me it seems like the surrender and trust being aware of what's going on but knowing that you know our empowerment is more important so like for my example of being a martial artist and understanding war if i'm fit if i'm aware if i'm connected to spirit um, i'm gonna have a greater chance of navigating challenge you know back in the day when they had samurais and they had these wars well you then you had to pray to the creator because people on the other side have swords and bow and arrows and all this stuff so the creator is going to help you flow through this experience or not you're surrendering to the fact that you've been given life by creation in this very moment. That's powerful stuff. So, you know, you can eliminate fear from your life so that when you have the opportunity to go back to your village, you go back to your town, you go back to your family, you're fully present, you're fully grateful. You're looking for that beauty in life and the, and the majesty of life because you know it's not permanent because you're living in an environment where you're, you're kind of pitted head to head towards your mortality, but people don't recognize that that's our life too. We could die in a car accident. We could die many different ways. And one of the things I've kind of come to realize is that it's my belief the creator will take you when your time is ready. And, you know, because I've had so many experiences, I think like five near death experiences where, you know, if the creator is going to take me, my time is done. That's not up to me, but living fully and fearlessly and in, in service and being and honoring who I am, that's a choice. And I can make that choice and, and act and walk in that and take those steps, like you said, because I don't know what the outcome is, or I can choose not to. And I think it's more empowering to live in it, even in a chaotic, fearful environment. That, that's it, chaotic, fearful environment. We are living in that chaotic, fearful environment. We've been fed nothing but fear. And that's obvious because when you're living in a, in a capitalistic society, which we are all living now in the world, um, money becomes the most important thing. And in order for you to gain more money is to frighten people. That's the only way you can gain more money. Right? People, if I make them all excited about, you know, these paintings are going to make you feel good, all of that stuff in there. That's fine, but first I've got to get rid of my fear of flood coming, you know, uh, bills coming there, all kinds of stuff that, that causes fear. So fear is really the chaotic state that we're in. 
We all have fear now. We are being fed fear constantly through the media. So this is the chaos that we're in. How do you get out of this fearsome condition? Fearsome chaotic condition is really the first step that we have to look into. What takes you out of fear? What is the opposite of fear? Opposite of fear is love. See, opposite of love is fear. And, and these two are two sides of the coin. To get rid of fear, you have to be in love because lovers are fearless. True lovers have no fear. True heroes are heroes because they love what they're doing. They're not heroes because, you know, something happened. The, the water cuts through the rock, through the mountain, not with its power. It's with its perseverance. That is what we need, perseverance, not power. That is what we're missing. And we think that, oh, I don't have the capability to do that. No, that's not the issue. You are capable. You are capable of doing that. So it's your perseverance. It's faith in yourself that develops that perseverance. You, you begin to love something in your life, love something, something, love something. Don't ask for people to love you. You love somebody, you love something. You love your environment. You become a part of environment. You become love and everybody loves you because you love. So begin with something that it really takes fear away, which is love. That's the only thing. You cannot get rid of fear because fear is the, it's the most difficult problem that we deal with, our psyche deals with. And the opposite of it, the most soft and beautiful feeling is love. So put the opposite in there. Begin to love something. I, I, I have this rose garden next to my studio that I built. And, and I love the roses in there. And I sit there and I... Roses are the artists of the flowers for me. Because every flower has beauty. But roses spread beauty. They spread that scent of beauty around. So they are the artists because artists are the one that, everybody has a dream, but artists are the one who reflect their dream for others to share, to be a part of that dream. So fear is what we need to get rid of. And the only way to get rid of fear is to begin to love. And the first step to love is to love something something in your life. If you don't have anything in your life to love, you might as well be dead. What's the use of life without love? What's the use of getting out of bed without looking forward to something? 
that expression of they, they say, life is all miseries or problem. No, it's not. Life is all longing. Life is all yearning. Life is to look forward to something beautiful. That's what life is. Life is to wake up in the morning and get out of bed to hug something beautiful. Not to jump out of bed and say, oh, I'm on a problem, I'm on a big day. No. Begin to long for things. Longing is what develops love. Long for love and you become a lover. Stay in love and repeat that and you're going to lose it. Love is in constant movement. Begin loving something in your life. Begin loving. I enjoy that. When, when, I, um, when I was in college, I hated literature because my professor was telling me that you have to outline things and then rewrite it and all that. So I, I skipped my literature classes. And when I was practicing architecture, I even couldn't write my letters. And they would write my letters for me. But now I have done 25 books and oracle cards. Do you know how I did it? Not by learning through somebody else's knowledge, by practicing. Suddenly, I felt like, you know what? I want to write about my paintings. I want to write about my paintings. There's no, no need for anything else that I need to get into. I just want to write it, not for anybody to read. I just want to write about my painting and throw it in the trash can. And that's how I began to write. Just, just write things, just write everyday things, not for anybody to read. You don't have to worry about grammar or anything. Start writing. Loving to write suddenly made me a writer. And I read my own writings now. And each one of those statements, I can meditate on it forever. Because it came not through a knowledge that I gained through other people. It came through wisdom that I developed from my knowledge and practice of it. And this is really the whole approach. These days we need not knowledge. Get rid of your knowledge. Get rid of it. <laughs> Begin to practice them. Begin to practice. Practicing. Don't sit down and think and decide and make the map of the Rocky Mountains in order to go and find your way through it. And in those Rocky Mountains, after we finally got along and we became friends again, <laughs> <laughs> we went to Vail. And Vail was, I know, it's, it's a ski town. Those who have gone to Vail know that it's not a big place. It's a small place. It's sort of a resort town. And uh, so we <laughs> went went to Vail and uh, with this big camper. And uh, 
Sam says that now where are we going to stay? You, we lost the map, everything. I said, don't worry about it. We'll find our way. So we go and finally we find a spot in the middle of a parking lot. We put the camper in there. And we decided that, okay, let's walk. This is not a big place. Um, we don't need to go with this whole thing in up and down the hills. So we parked that, come out. There was a bus. We said, let's get on the bus and see where the bus goes. That's a nice tour. We got on the bus. Sam wanted to take the address down and everything where we are. He said, no, no, we don't need that. This is a small town. Let's just go around and enjoy it. So we go around, we go have, you know, dinner and, and uh, wine and, and uh, we're enjoying the whole beautiful landscape and all of that. And now it's about 10 o'clock and we better head back, go find a place to stay. But where's the camper? Where is the camper? <laughs> so we began looking for the camper. We remembered that we got on the bus where we parked the thing. So we decided that if we get on the bus, we'll find it. So we get on the bus, bus is just going around, gets to the terminal, turns around in here. Four or five times, nothing happens. We cannot find the camper. Finally, after midnight, we saw a camper in the middle of a parking lot. And uh, we got on the camper and we went out and found the place. But now, not only me, Sam and I, both of us can sit down and draw the whole map of, of, of a veil for you. We know Wales so well that you cannot imagine. Now, if we had followed a map, we were lost because we were following a map to find our way. We would not enjoy seeing anything. But because we just walked in there, we saw so much. There was so much in there that we benefited from. So that's still another part of the story of my trip in the Rockies. Well, you know, I, I love that because it reminds me now today of uh, using GPS and you're, you're not looking outside at all. You look at the GPS and you literally follow that line on the screen, then alone uh, having a map or something like that. So, you know, your story illustrates it a lot deeper than that idea, but it's how, how much are you allowing life to guide you? And most people, they, they don't have faith. That's like faith in life and faith in the creation. Right. It's like, hey, are, you know, I'm going to be guided. I'm going to be shown what I need to know. And you're hitting on the concept, too, of following your love and, and passion, because that's who you are. And, you know, you don't need to write like someone else. You don't need to paint like someone else. You don't need to be like someone else. And that's, you know, you learned it through painting and I learned it through martial arts. And for me, Bruce Lee was one of my you know, main teachers. And he said, you do it your way. Like you can learn from other people and enjoy their expression and have appreciation for it and try and practice the way that they did it because you love that field. You love that study. You love martial arts. You love painting. You love whatever that, whatever the case is, but make it your own, right? Just like music. And, and so you can, you can learn these different concepts, but there is also a lot to be said on the other side of just practicing and experiencing and gaining your own knowledge and your own wisdom. And, you know, when I was with David Lone Bear a lot, that's what he kind of would do a lot. He'd be like, rather than teaching me, and he gave me this, uh, 
iron ball and like a 30 foot rope is a very advanced martial arts weapon to have. And he's just telling me to, you know, play with it and, you know, don't worry about the technique or whatever. And I'm smashing my foot with it and, and I almost broke my foot. And uh, it was, and he just laughed at me. And, you know, it's just the idea of just experiencing life, you know, let, you know, I like the idea of, um, you know, you can have the perspective that, you know, everything that happens to you is, is, you know, you could be a victim or everything that happens to you is for your greatest good. Even the challenges, it's steering you in some sort of way. So forgetting that you, you know, didn't write down where you were and you went around five times and it's like, oh, this is a negative. No, there is an experience that is valuable from that, depending on how you want to, you know, look at this perspective and hate everything. And you know what I mean? And, and shout at the universe. So it's a very empowering way to look at life. And I'm reminded of uh, the book by, I forget who wrote it, The Surrender Experiment. And so I feel like it's a balance of the yin yang, like you need the logical analytical, but then you got like the real life Sufi, like you just throwing books out the window, just shattering people's mind because most of our society is in that. Most of our society is in this very rigid process based and that can serve a function because we, you know, we want to show up for time for lunch when someone's going to meet us and be respectful. And we want to, you know, navigate these times, but we don't want that to be what's leading us because it's also our minds and our consciousness, which is so limited, right? Where the creator and creation and life is so much more powerful and intelligent. And it's my belief, it's benevolent. It's going to be leading us into the experiences we want. And like you've been saying over and over, find that love and that passion for, you know, who you are and what you enjoy in life and pursue that because that's going to give you a more rich and full experience of life and of the realm that you are in. Because if you're just experiencing life through default and going through the motions and staying in logic and in reason and in safety and all these different things, it's going to be a much darker place to be. It's not going to be as inspiring and as, and as beautiful. Yeah, it reminds me of Trotsky, you know, one of the uh, major communist uh, movement. He was the major writer, of course, as you know. And uh, he didn't get along with Stalin that well, so Stalin wanted to get rid of him. And finally, ended up in Mexico, and they put him in this place, this house or something there. And he was uh, doing gardening, and he was writing, but... Uh, they were watching, you know, him pretty much controlling him. So every, and, and he had a revolver in his drawer and every night he would decide that I'm gonna kill myself. I cannot stand it anymore. But then he would think that, hmm, I still got something else to say. So he would write and write and write. And suddenly, it's the dawn and the light comes in. And here he was in this house where the windows and doors were open, you know, like that. So he would open the window and walk into the light. And he would forget everything that he has thought about or the whole thing, just, just going walking into the light changes your whole attitude about life. I used to go uh, climb a mountain and watch the sunrise. And I would climb a mountain at night in the dark. Uh, 
three, four o'clock in the morning to the peak of it, sit there and wait for the light to come in. Uh, that was my inspiration for painting. Every time that, see, for me, as a child, I didn't know who God was and I wanted to, because I'm visual, I wanted to see God. I cannot accept somebody that I cannot see or that doesn't that, that exist. So I, I had a hard time connecting with God completely until I got a little bit older, I found out who my God was. I realized that I am a part of the earth and the earth is a part of the sun. Now, what is sun a part of? I have no idea and I don't want to even get into it. But I know that my God is sun because I came from that. And if one day sun is not there, I'm not going to be there either. It's all going to be gone. So sun became my God. And I still, my life runs around my connection with my God. How do I connect with my God? It's a very interesting one. Every time, every time that there is something negative inside me, something bothers me, something, whatever it is in there, I go in the sun, I stand in the sun, close my eyes, and I ask God to burn out this emotion that is inside me. So the sun does its job, burns it out. And this is my prayer every day, every time that I have anything that bothers me, that's what I do. The other day, somebody gave me a finger on the freeway and I got pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> and I was so pissed off that I couldn't continue in my, my own world. It was bothering me. So I got the ramp, I got out got out of the car, went in the sun, and I, I asked it to burn out this whole thing. And then that was it, back in the car, completely gone. And now the whole thing is fun for me. <laughs> that the sun burned out the finger of the guy. <laughs> so it's, it's, you know, life has got so much to look for. So many beauties exist in life. We've got to practice using them. We've got to practice using them. Not just seeing them, everything that is there. We've got to use them. And if we don't use them, we lose them. As simple as that. So have more hope, develop more faith in yourself and know that you are the greatest that God has created because there is nobody like you anywhere else. Just like a snowflake, that there is no other snowflake like it anywhere else. Know that you are unique and you are the creation of God 
to be the way you are and have faith in yourself. When the pain comes, it's as you said earlier, the pain becomes a guide for you in order to find out what is wrong. I love the idea of martial arts. And I, I'm sure that you have discussed it, but I would love to have that discussion sometimes with you or if you can do it whenever to really know why is it martial arts is not science. Why is it art? And then we begin to recognize a depth that is different. And when you look at it that way, then you know that you don't need a book to read. You need to practice. You need to practice. As they say in New York, how do you get to Carnegie Hall? Practice. Practice. And practice is to really practice to get rid of the chaos by finding something valuable in your life and put it into action. That's incredible. I love all that, especially your last sentence. There's so many things, you know, practice something valuable in your life or put it into practice. Rewind it and re-listen to that. 15 seconds. Use the podcast app. There's so much that I want to touch on because I think it's so important. Um, I think talking about the creator and, and, and going to prayer, you live in, in, in a state of awareness. You know, I've, I've kind of said to people like the difference in consciousness for people is to be able to respond to the situation. So even if you notice that the situation happened, you got flipped the bird and you're pissed off. Okay. That's there, but be aware that you're pissed off and realize and recognize that you can change that. And then that go for you with the immediate thing is to go to the creator. And I love that. And I think that's so powerful for people to, you know, for whatever they believe about the world. I think it's much more empowering to believe that there is a creator, a God or a life force. You know, what created you when you go to sleep? Why don't you just die and pass away? What's the meaning of this thing? Do you think that you're a meaningless material, nothing with no soul? You can choose that. And Mark Gober was on my podcast and very highly intelligent guy. And, uh, you know, I think it was Stanford or Harvard or one of the, you know, really, really uh, intense ones. And he talked about his awakening where he was really drilled into it's just materialism. And, you know, he's so uh, unhappy with his life, even though he's getting all these successes. And uh, so he should just deal with it because that's the way it is. There's nothing, you know, beyond that. And so, you know, you could choose to believe that, but it doesn't make a lot of sense to me when I really look at life and, and the way things are and connect with nature and sit in silence. It just really amplifies my belief that there is a creator and it's a much more powerful way to navigate this life to think I was created by some sort of intelligence. I am connected with all of life and I've really, you know, enjoyed my um, studies and connections with the Native American teachers that I've had where they, you know, talk about how, you know, say all my relations, everything like you, you know, every human being, regardless of color is my brother or sister in this realm. And I got to learn how to get along with them. But this, this goes to the oceans, this goes to the trees, this goes to the plants, this goes to all the animals, it goes to the bugs. Everything is life. And I am a part of that existence. And uh, it's just such a more powerful way to think. And I feel like that brings us closer to reality because many people live in this world of uh, comfort and security, right? They go get their food from the grocery store. 
They don't, you know, they get their eggs, they get their meat. They're so disconnected from life. They're on the, the road. And when the temperature in the world uh, gets too hot, they can throw in the air conditioning. When it gets too cold, they throw in the heat. And this is this artificial reality they're living in. If they don't like something, they can close the door. They have all these tools and mechanisms to reject the parts of life that they don't enjoy. And you know, to understand that you are a part of this creation and that you, you matter and that you have a soul and that you were given a soul and that your part of the creation is important. And like I said earlier, it, it hit me kind of like a, a bag of bricks because, uh, you know, I, I travel the world to learn from different teachers, right? All over you know, 25 countries or something, you know, uh, Native American elders, monks and things like that and spend a lot of time. And some of the teachings I learned, they're all valuable to a degree, but I think I was disheartened in the sense where I was like, oh, this is the teacher that's going to show me the way. This is the person that has the answer. And what I recognize is that I am the answer for myself and my, and I know it just like, I am the answer, you know, I am my own savior and I am the one who's going to save the world in the sense that I'm going to offer something to the world. I, Cause the bigger picture is not up to me. I can't stop starvation. I can't stop human trafficking. I can't stop all these horrendous things that really bother me, but I can be the solution and the savior by being the best version of myself and offering what it is that I offer. So for your example would be being the best artist and, and, following those things, th those impulses and the things that you love to include your writings to your way of being. And that's the best offer, the best solution for all of life. Right. And so um, that really just was helpful for me to understand that. So, you know, you've really talked about that is that awareness and then following your love and that, you know, your passion, that's going to connect you with creation because you're going to be living more aligned with who you are. And then you're going to watch the response of the universe support that work and bring you wisdom and bring you understanding that will come from you and your practices and your own unique journey and not from anyone else's, not from mine, not from yours, not from any book you read, from your own personal experience. And there's nothing more valuable than that. A proper lovemaking gives birth to children. Proper love making gives birth to life. If you love things, you give birth to new ideas. Everything becomes, just love something, begin to love your work. And then suddenly you find out that, wow, you become a leader in your work. And if it's not working for you, you get out of that job and get another job that it deals with developing you so it really that that loving is what we need love what you do love every breath that you take love just just next time as you're taking a bite of some food as you're eating it taste it with love go into essence of it to the depth of it feel it and see, it's a completely different tasting bite that you were eating before or after. Wait, I, so I agree with you and I love all this, but I just had something pop into my mind. I want to say, it. what if you hate everything right now? What if everything sucks so hard? You're so stressed. You hate everything. 
and your food sucks, even though it's the best food ever. And you know, I, that is a small side note, but I've done that before where I was stressed out, had the nicest meal ever, didn't taste any of it. <laughs> it's like, the nicest <laughs> meal. I was just so stressed and I was just stressed eating. So I know what you mean. So what if you hate everything? You're like, you know what? I don't love anything. I don't even like anything right now. So what do I do? And that is, I said it sometimes earlier, see, longing is what develops love. You have to develop longing. You don't have anything. Everything is a mess. You hate everything, okay? <laughs> begin now, begin to develop a longing for something, something that you can reach for, not something. Don't become longing for becoming, you know, somebody special or something like that. Start longing for something. Everything is a must. I long for some quiet time. I long for some delicious meal. I long for something. Begin something simple and begin to long for something simple. That longing moves you into receiving it. Longing takes you into receiving it. And the moment you receive that, you begin to expand it because it came through your love, because it was what you longed for. So when everything is a mess, everything is a mess, you still can get out of it very beautifully by beginning to long for something, yearn for something, because you don't have any of these. It's all terrible. Begin to yearn for something. Let's say you want to have a, a, a child and you don't have a child. Begin to yearn for having a child. Begin to yearn for it. Maybe the child is not going to be your own child, but it would be a child that you would feel connected with. But you have to yearn for it. I think... Yearn yeah go ahead uh, yeah I, I i totally agree i think that's a, a wonderful starting place because you know and and i say to people that i kind of talk to if they hate everything it's a great start it's a great start because now you can reimagine everything this is your opportunity to reimagine and so i'd love for you to speak about when you're when you're talking there i thought about well what about materialism and uh necessity for paying the bills so how do how do you, how do you teach people to be grateful for where they are and just to receive what they're going to receive because so many people need materialism or a, a certain amount of money but then also the practical is if they have kids they want to be able to support them so they say look all sounds good but i gotta i gotta feed these kids they're expensive um, how do I how do I navigate into you know loving who I am and, and moving this way? But if I can't pay the bills, what am I supposed to do here? <laughs> another layup. Go ahead. <laughs> See each one of these subjects. I, I like to discuss it for a lengthy time to get into the depth of it. So just pinpointing at it is not going to really get the answer properly. But I'm trying to focus in it as a short moment that we have. That's why, see, I, then I would write it because then I can expand it. See, human beings in general deal with two things is need and greed. Need is the necessity that maintains our physical being. Greed is something that 
drives us outward, takes us into different places. Need is for water for me. But greed is that I want to have a, a certain water <laughs> that comes from certain places. That's not need anymore. That's greed. See, when you think about your life, when we think about our lives, see how much of our life is related to our needs, how much of it is related to our greeds. Interestingly, one third or less of our life relates to needs. Two thirds of it relates to greed. Greed is what really causes our problems. The need we can get to it somehow because of our longing for it. If I am hungry, if I'm longing for food, I would eat anything. But if I have food, then I become greedy. I want to have certain type of food. I don't want to. Have, I want to have certain diet. I want to have this. We go into this. Greed is developing so far going out there that we become slave to our greeds. We're not slave to our needs. Nobody is slave to their needs. They're slave to their greeds. If my need is even pain, if my need is, is to be relieved from pain, I get to the essence of what has caused the pain. So I get to the bottom of that, to the, find out how I can expand it from there, go reverse. And that is what we're dealing with. Greed is what kills us. Greed is what becomes our major problem. Well, I'm so glad I asked that because that was an incredibly powerful answer. I love it. Um, you know, this has been phenomenal. I could talk to you all day. And so before I close it, you know, it doesn't have to close now. I want to know, is there anything that you wish that I'd asked or that you'd like to discuss before we, you know, wrap it up? Cause that's what I had for top of mind questions. And it's been, you know, just really amazing. Like I, 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 I this has turned out exactly how I wanted. I feel better. Um, you know, just the way that you navigate life and, and have this understanding. All of these are, are practical tools that we can hear and they philosophically sound nice. Um, but then it's that next step. That's, that's all we know we can do. If you're going to start a painting, you don't start with the end of it. You, you get the, the canvas out and you do that, you know, and you do one step at a time. If I'm going to do some martial arts, I can't be doing, you know, all these other things until I get in my car and I go to the place that I'm going to train and I'm going to, you know, do it all step by step, but even showing up that day to say, I'm going to go practice this. This is something that I love. This is something that I enjoy. And that's, that's following the thread of love. And you could say life because that's your life force pulling you and attracting you towards something that you want to do here. And what happens is I feel like we are tricked into the doing these processes that give us no life. So, because we need this material thing and it's just navigating that through awareness and then putting more of our attention onto the things that give us life. And so, you know, one example is this guy, CT Fletcher, I think his name is, he's like this 
bodybuilder guy or whatever. I just heard a clip of him on Joe Rogan because um, I've been doing a lot more different kinds of training. And, uh, you know, he worked a full-time job, but then he would go to the gym and he would just crush it. And he became one of these really well-known people, motivational guys, because that's, you know, he provided for his family. And then he did that. He did both. You know what I mean? And then after years is, is now just fully into that, you know, doing well and, and being inspiring and all these different things. He was willing to do those things. He, he had responsibility and accountability, but he didn't give a zero to who he was and how he wanted to grow. And so there is a middle ground too. And eventually you're going to be fully to the other side. You know, I was recently on uh, Sam Tripoli's tinfoil hat podcast. It's a pretty big podcast. And, you know, one of the things he talked about is like, Oh, I can't do a podcast because I'm not going to make any money. He goes, yeah, this is 10 years of work, you know? And like, for me, this is, I think seven or eight, I think I'm like eight, my eight or nine. I don't know. It's like around eight years of podcasting. It still doesn't make any money. Like PS, they deleted my Patreon. So if you do want to contribute, go to MacBellier.com. You know, they deleted that, but it wasn't about the, the little bit of contributions that I got, which I'm really grateful for. It doesn't pay the bills, but it's the work that I want to do. It's what I'm inspired to do. And I do it regardless of what I receive, but I'm very confident that maybe in another five years, maybe in 10 years, maybe never, it will support me in a big financial way. But the likelihood of that mastery, like you with your art to get compensation will come through years of you being honest and true to who you are. And, and beyond the benefit of the materialism and the receiving you as the individual are proud of yourself because you've developed and become who you were supposed to be within your own heart, within your own soul, within your own way of being. And that is priceless. There's nothing better or more important than that. See, when you love what you're doing, that by itself gets you to that, that treasure that you want. You don't need even to plan. We don't need to plan for picking up something as a result of something. All we need to do is to love what we're doing. That by itself builds up into a better and better and better. So the whole essence of life is to really truly zero in on loving what you're doing. Loving what you, don't do it for a purpose. Don't do it for a reason. Just love, just love. What are you doing it? Because I love to do it. I get out of my, my bed, three o'clock in the morning, four o'clock in the morning, whenever, and run into my studio and start painting. And those paintings are always my best works, not the ones that I have, you know, suffered on trying to make it look like something. Those that just, just I came in here because I have no idea. Why did I do it? I have no idea. Did I do it for selling it? No, I just did it because I felt like doing it. I felt like loving is not about wanting to love because of something. Loving is just, I love to do it. Just love doing it. And it, it builds you up so beautifully. You want to become whatever you want to be. Begin to love what you're doing. And you're going to be that. You're going to receive it. You don't need to plan for it. We don't need to schedule anything. We don't need to sit down and draw a map of the Rocky Mountains. We can find our way through the Rockies because Rockies is there, is existing. It's us who is lost. 
is us and we should not be lost. We should be bewildered and it's different. Bewilderment and being lost are two sides of a coin. When I'm lost, I keep on find, trying to find something, looking at the map, all of that stuff. But when I'm bewildered, I just enjoy, just like a baby, a child that is seeing things for the first time. I see it for the first time. And through that bewilderment, I find things. Not through when I'm lost. When I'm lost, I cannot find anything because I'm looking for certain things that is going to take me there. But when I'm bewildered, oh God, I see so many things and so many things snaps beautifully in my eyes. With bewilderment, I develop yearning. And with yearning, I develop love. And with love, I get where ever I want to go. And this is really the true lesson that I learned from Rumi and I'm doing it in my life and I'm sharing it with my students to do it in their life. Painting is not to be a, a professional painter to make money out of it. Painting is to enjoy the process, to just enjoy painting. And when you enjoy the process, life becomes beautiful. So my last statement, if I want to make it, is be ridiculous. Be ridiculous. Don't do things that is normal. Because if you do ridiculous things, there is hope for it. But if you're doing things that others are doing, you're just another one of those ants that are just going together. Be ridiculous. Do ridiculous things. And that is how you can get out of the chaos because all the great creations that we see in science, in, in art, in everything has come in the chaotic state. Beethoven's Ninth, which is the greatest sound that we put in the space, came when Beethoven was in total chaos, completely deaf, pain, Children were throwing rocks at him. His, he drove his, his nephew to suicide. The whole life was pain. Piano was not working, all broken into pieces. And he created symphony number nine, the greatest sound that human being has ever created as we send it to the space. Be ridiculous. Do ridiculous things. Go today, just for today, and become ridiculous and see what happens. Stop thinking about anything. Just be ridiculous. Thank you very much for inviting me on this program. Well, <laughs> I love all that. I, I agree. And I want to make a shirt that says be ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, I, I agree. 
with what you're saying and this has been a pleasure i i want to reach out because again i told you i was like navigating some days i feel good some days i feel terrible and i like really made me feel good like he said he knows what he's talking about he's gonna make me feel good so i i hope that everybody enjoyed this show i i definitely did um where can people find you and your your art is absolutely phenomenal i know that you do um you know art classes and things like that so um if people want to look more at your work and uh, stay in touch where should they go well, actually, this is really interesting. I do this uh, program, which is tomorrow, same time as, as now. Well, actually, Los Angeles time is between 8 to 10 a.m. And I call it the Wisdom of Madness. And it's called a Creativity Play Shop. Creativity Play Shop. And you can find it on my website, rasuli.com. S-S-O-U-L-I.com. Uh, you can contact me. And uh, what I do is play shop is for us to play in order to know how to put that into our life. As an architect, every building that I designed, I made a small model of it. And I tried on the model to make sure that everything works. And then it became a plan for the larger building. Same thing happens with my life now with my students. I, I guide them to practice doing little things on canvas, little things on writing, little things on music, and then they can apply it in their life. I show them how you can apply this into life. So anybody who wants to come to any of my programs, I would love for you to participate in one of them just to feel what happens, just be a part of that whole process because I, I teach painting method as well as how you transfer it into life. I would love for you to participate in one. That's on uh, Saturday mornings, LA times from eight to 10. I'd be, yeah, I'd be, I'd be honored. And uh, yeah, I invite everybody to check that out because one of the things that I've said lots on the podcast is that, you know, art is one of those ways to understand life, you know, art or music or martial arts or something physical. These are all characteristics of how you navigate life. And I feel like they're very important and we should have one art and that's one side that I'd like to grow and develop. So no better teacher than to grow and develop with you. You know, I've always enjoyed it. It's just not something that I practiced. And so, uh, yeah, I would love to take you up on that offer and, and hopefully that uh, people out there, if they want to learn more, check it out because it's fun. It's a good practice. It's good for your mind. It's good for your soul. And it applies to other things, you know, and I know this from doing Zen athlete in sport. If I teach a kid how to be good at soccer, baseball, hockey, any sport, teach them the principles of getting good there and enjoying it and loving it. They can, they transfer that to everything else. And I believe the same with art and music. And I know that that's what you're doing. So uh, I appreciate you. This has been amazing and uh, we'll definitely do it again sometime soon. Thank you very much. Uh, by the way, if you want to come to my program tomorrow, I send you the information. Now, would you like to attend tomorrow or next time, whenever you want to? I don't know about tomorrow because it's uh, I got some stuff going on with my daughter, but I want to join ASAP. So we'll talk about that after. Sounds good. All right. Thank okay. you very much. Thanks, guys. Good morning, Matthew. Bye. Bye. 
There you have it, ladies and gentlemen, the absolutely amazing Rasuli. I hope that you really enjoyed this episode. I love talking to Rasuli. He's incredible. We are actually in talks about doing a potential art and uh, mindfulness course or, you know, generating the two because he, he or combining the two. He does some amazing work on his own, and I just really appreciate him as a just a spectacular human being. So uh, if you enjoyed this show, please share it as far and as wide as you can on all your social media platforms. You know, they are censoring like absolute bonkers to lead the patreon so if you want to support this show mattbelair.com become a member you can do so by any denomination there's a, a bunch of examples over there and uh, if you want to leave a dollar or two or anything like that it would be just really greatly appreciated uh since yeah the patreon's gone and censorship uh kind of it can get it can get a little bit disheartening but i'm definitely going to keep going because uh you know this is such a critical time for us to get the truth out there to um, speak a message of kindness, of compassion, of spirituality, of connecting with the Creator God, of finding like-minded community, of having courage and faith. And so, I'm going to keep doing that work. And anybody who wants to support the show, it would be greatly appreciated. Uh, if you want to check out the Soul Compass course, the Quantum Heart Hypnosis, or some coaching, there are phenomenal tools that help you get crystal clear in your life purpose, overcome limiting beliefs, help you manifest, you know, abundance, but really architect your values and then using all the tools for peak performance to bring that into reality in a very powerful way because right now we are we are riding a wave so our intention is incredibly important and the universe definitely has a say in what's going on as well. So um, if you're interested in that, just hit me up, mattbelair.com forward slash coaching or go to mattbelair.com and check out all the amazing resources there from the quantum heart hypnosis to the soul compass course or one-on-one coaching. So thank you guys so much for listening to this show. I appreciate you and let's come into a state of peace and coherence before we close it out wherever you are in the world just stop what you're doing take in a deep breath in through your nose hold that breath and let it out slowly filling every cell muscle and fiber of your being with peace joy contentment enthusiasm courage faith and get ready to enjoy the rest of your day so thank you so much for listening and i'll see you in the next episode